Welcome to Living a Triggered Life Podcast with Keith and Roxanne, presented by The Triggered Project. Find out more information about The Triggered Project, go to www.triggeredone.com. Roxanne, how are you? I'm feeling all right. That's good. That's good. I feel a little sleepy. I had a nap about an hour ago. Um, and for some of the folks who don't know, I've been recovering from back case of shingles. And so I still have some of the post-nyalgia, which is, you know, shooting nerve pain in my head. And then I just, some fatigue and I feel kind of crappy, so to speak, most of the time. But went to an herbalist and I've been taking some tea and, and, and stuff like that. So I definitely was, haven't been sleeping as well. And so I definitely, one thing that I noticed is that I can sleep. So I took a nap <laughs> before we came. But You mean the tea is helping you sleep? Yeah, for sure. There's no question really? about it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's why you took a nap, too, because you got tea as well. So uh, I feel OK, though. I mean, I have to be honest. Sometimes I I can go to sleep and wake up and, and feel worse. I don't necessarily feel like that today, but um, that's awesome. I'm, I'm still, glad to hear that. I'm still feeling not feeling that great, but I'm happy to be rocking and roll in the studio with you. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. No, me too. Yo. I'm glad, too. I'm glad you're able to at least get up and do this and be your normal, energetic self, mm-hmm. even but, if you're not feeling it. Well, I mean, it, it's bigger than it's bigger than us. It's bigger than me. Um, being able to talk to people about trauma and and to talk about the effects it's had on our relationship and our healing, which is incredibly important, you know, individually and also collectively. Because there's so many people that are out there right now that have been in the same situation that that we've been. That have come to a relationship with baggage, so to speak. I feel like most of the people that we know have actually not been able to maintain a relationship mm. because of all of this right. trauma. And- and the impact and not right. really acknowledging or being right. able to not. I don't want to say people are not acknowledging because right. that makes it seem like they don't want to. Right. I think it's hard. No, it's difficult. It's difficult to think. It's also it's a couple things. It's, it's difficult to think about looking back at your life and looking back in your childhood and thinking about how you grew up and, and, and everything else. And there may be some, some hard things there that you don't want to face. And then thinking now as an adult and have to recognize truthfully what has happened and how it relates to to how you interact in a relationship. That's a lot. It is a lot. But I think that, so just speaking from my own journey, I've been in therapy for a long time. And now that when I look back, I feel like most of the work I've done is sort of what you just talked about is acknowledging that it happened and acknowledging the pain Mm. um, from the violation by whom. Right. And the betrayal and the lack of protection. And I feel like it's been what? Wait, we've been together for a long time, but I think I've been in therapy at least 11 years. Okay. I don't know. I don't count well. Off and on. That's okay. Well, that's part of the journey. That's what everybody does is a natural human thing. When you start to feel better or sometimes you just feel like you can't talk about this anymore right now because it's just heavy on you and you need to take a break. Mm -hmm. Those are all uh, reasonable ways to manage. Everybody's journey is going to be different. It's going to look different. Mm -hmm. I guess the point is if you do take a break from therapy or you take your time getting to therapy or, you know, whatever it looks like that you keep going back because it's sort of unconditional support right Right. so talking to a stranger is a way to get some of that no strings attached support right that we all need right and that can be really helpful and going to therapy is a practice like you learn i have learned Mm -hmm. how to utilize it i know 
when I need to take a break. Sometimes I don't know how long I need to take that break for, (laughs) um, which you have made very clear to me (laughs) in your own way. You need to go back. But um, breaks have been good from therapy because sometimes you want to feel hopeful that maybe you might not need to be in therapy for the rest of your life. Well, I think taking it session by session, you know, is I mean, that's the way I look at it. I don't look at it like, oh, maybe for the rest of my life or, or anything like that. I can't think about it in the, in the big picture for me because I like I know that I need to do the work. And as difficult as sometimes it is, it was going to make me a better man, which I will define my manhood, uh, make me a better husband and and better friend and better partner, then I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I understand that from your point of view. And I I don't want to sound like I'm poo-pooing in any way on it. No, but sometimes the break... I have been... I have been in therapy for a long time and it's hard work. It's hard work. And it's sometimes hard to see, as they say, the trees through the forest. Right. Right. But I think there's there's other things that go along with it, which, you know, kind of help. I think it's mind, body and spirit. Right. So, you know, talking to men about, you know, kind of coaching them towards their pace of healing and things like that. You know, I was in a conversation the other day and a person regurgitated some of the things that I had said to them. And they were like, well, you know, Keith, what I heard from you was that it's not about necessarily me just going to therapy. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that's one part of it. Two is about eating right. Three is about trying to make sure I get regular exercise. Four is about doing things that you like to do and make sure you're taking care of yourself that way. And also just having some downtime as well. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's everything. <laughs> it's I mean, like, you know what I mean? But uh, like, in general, in, in my professional world, that's just a mental wellness plan that you're enacting, like an mm-hmm. overall mental wellness. Yeah. And I think that that is, you know, it's important. I mean, I've been making more of an effort to be more active this summer. And I feel like it's made a little bit of a difference. You know, I mean, I'm definitely keeping my connections and being in therapy and things like that. But I feel like that has just made it, made it different just in my overall thinking. You know, I just think that. That's an important part as well. Are we debating? Uh, Are we debating right now? Because I feel like we're sort of of debating and I'm trying to check myself. (laughs) Are you just trying to share and reflect your own experience or are you trying to say something to me? Well, no, I'm sharing and reflecting. (laughs) I'm sharing and reflecting. And I'm also telling you something at the same time. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I asked. This is a practice right now. I am trying to practice Mm -hmm. what I think is happening in my communications with you Mm -hmm. and not make assumptions. Right. Because I've made assumptions in the past. Right. And sometimes I'm right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And then that causes conflict. I do feel like you're trying to tell me something and I'm Mm -hmm. feeling some kind of way about it. Mm -hmm. So what exactly are you wanting to say to me? It's not a point of wanting to say to you. It's not a point of trying to to debate you because that's just not. I didn't wait. Pause. I never said bait. If I thought you were trying to bait me, we'd debate. Be f- oh, debate. debate. Yeah, okay. debate. I got to fix my eardrums. Yeah, I don't know. That's the second time that we Nobody asked you to count how many times so, I can't hear you but or didn't what, hear you. It's just sometimes it happens. You know what it I mean? Does, it's kind of so like the, the, living, move on. the living color. So debate. No, no. The living color. No. <laughs> Big hope. You know, anyway. No. Because it happens with me too. You know, we talk and stuff and she'll have a whole sentence and I, I don't know what I heard at all. I can't stand you right <laughs> so now. I'm like, what's she say? I don't know what she's like. What? 
So the funny thing is we did it. We were in a conversation with each other and we both didn't hear each other fully. <laughs> it was just in a car. It was absolutely hysterical. But I, I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we, so you're not trying to be in a debate with me. No, but I'm not trying to be in a debate with you I think you, you are if you're trying to message no. something well, my I think, way. Well I, think, well, I think what happens is a lot of times is like we often forget. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with me. Right. I'm trying to get continuously. I'm like, oh, my God, this feels so great. Like, why haven't I done this before? You know what I mean? But like, I think... Why haven't you done what? I haven't done, like, I talk about exercising and, oh, and stuff okay. like that. Oh, okay, yeah, you feel good when you do it. Especially because it's really, really good for... It's really yeah, good yeah. for me. I it's good you. for, you know, shingle stuff. Like, it's just great. It's great for my mind and things like that. And I think, like, <laughs> you just have a, a different outlook on yourself. And when you're exercising regularly and, yeah, you're doing therapy and whatever and you're taking care of yourself, it's a completely different outlook. You know what I mean? And it's a different, completely outlook on myself. And I see this clearly. You know what I mean? And that's what I got. What's a different outlook? Can you be a little bit clearer so that the sure. audience understands what, what clearer, you're talking about? Well, what I mean is this. Because I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't think they're going to know. Yeah. Well, what, I'm, what I mean like, is you're more positive about yourself, most definitely, in therapy, doing your work and whatever else. And then you're able to you know, exercise regularly. Your outlook on yourself is completely different. Completely different. You right? mean how I see myself. Yes, how you see yourself. You're talking of, about the negativity mm-hmm. that I see. I mean, just just say yeah, it. You're yeah. talking about the negativity. Well, you got to allow me that I always say. Right. Yeah, no, but you you using a lot of words and not getting to it. But you know we what? ain't got that much time. We're not in therapy, so I understand. Just, just but you have to direct. allow me to. You allow me to get it in, though. You know what I mean? Because I understand. I'm talking about you, and you're having a hard time. And the more I say, the more I take the time, is the more that you have to listen to me talk about you. So I understand that. But this is about the people. <laughs> so you have a better outlook on yourself and how you look at yourself. Ne- you look at yourself a little more negatively. 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 Um, yeah, if that's a word. Got the T. Yeah, my lip got in the way. It's all right. And. And I think like this is just what I see. You're just able to push through things. It's not as much of thinking about what you got to do and how you feel about it and everything else. You just do. Those are the two big differences. Right. And it's also belief in yourself that you can do whatever you're going to do. Period. There's nothing in your way. There's nothing in your way at all. And you're, you're a beast mentally, physically. And then you have like funny jokes and things like that. And then you're inspiring. Once you're clear about what you want to do and how you're going to do it, you're clear and you're an inspiration for anybody else who's coming even in close contact to you completely. If that's not the case, then it's like, you know what I mean? Like you isolate yourself, put yourself off in a corner. That's all I got. So I'm just going to talk to the audience for a second. Not necessarily you, but feel free to listen. (laughs) So you're talking to the audience. You're not talking to me anymore. Just for a second. For a second. Yeah. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, Roxanne's moment. Okay. This is exactly what happens in our relationship. Every single day for years, Keith is the most supportive, encouraging, Mm. positive man I've ever met in my life. But there's no buts. I am unable to manage that level of support, positivity, and encouragement all the time. That's fair. Because when you haven't had the practice of it in your entire life, it hasn't been your entire life because you've been with me more than half. 
when you haven't had the practice of it, this is why I said I'm talking to the audience and not you, but go ahead. Continue to feed in your little points. In the years of when you're formulating into a woman and you've been told and treated otherwise, or you don't have a parent who makes sure that you understand what it's like to be protected, the whole essence of you is very hard to tolerate. Very hard. And no matter how much I try, sometimes I just can't. I just don't make it. And so what happens is I lash out on Keith. I get angry. I stop listening. I get disrespectful. And it really has nothing to do with Keith at all. It's just hard to believe sometimes like for real, real, that you are the woman that your partner sees when you've never had the opportunity as a young girl to ever experience. So when I'm good and I do well and I'm the beast, as Keith says, it's when I'm able to accept all that he provides, which is just love, unconditional. And I'm able to turn that into magic everywhere I go and what I do. And I'm just the best me. My issue is sustaining that every minute of my life. And I haven't figured out how to do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank you so much for, you know, really, really sharing those, you know, those inner thoughts. Do you have more that you'd like to say? I know. I'm good. Um, cause I know that's, you know, that's really difficult, but that's why we do this podcast. This is why we get real and we're talking about how we are, our feelings, what it's like to be in a relationship, you know, with folks who have trauma. And my thing is, and thank you so much for saying that. My thing that I try to remind you of and things like that is also, this is about us. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, your deep felt thoughts, of course, but she blows her nose in the background. Sorry, um, y'all. That's okay. But I think like those thoughts are, yeah, those are your thoughts. And I have, you know, I have some of those thoughts as well. And I think that when everybody's different, you know, and I try to remind you that this is about us. You know what I mean? Like me taking care of myself is taking care of you, which is helping taking care of us. And I guess it's just ebbs and flows of it because I feel like it was something that you were able to do before. So why is it different now? You were able to do it before. I felt like, you know, do you feel safe with me? Do you feel trusting in this relationship? Like if you feel all those things, why is it, why is it difficult? Because you were I, able to do it because you I were able to do it I think when you start doing the work or and you start pushing some things aside. Mm. So I've gotten to the place where, and I don't want to say I've gotten over, but I've gotten to a place where I've understood for myself what happened to me as a child, mm -hmm. where I see my parents for who they really are. Mm -hmm. And I reflect on how their neglect has had an impact on me. And I try to not feed into the messaging that I've received as a young girl. Mm-hmm. And do otherwise. And so I've been successful in a lot of parts of my life as a result of that. Finding you, seeing you, knowing you were the right person for me mm -hmm. was one of those moments right. that I allowed to happen for myself. That I decided I deserve this dude. Mm -hmm. I deserve this kind of man in my life. Mm -hmm. 
But that doesn't change that I'm still in a process. I've just sort of resolved some things. I'm still working. Right. Well, no, I understand that. And you're in a different different part of your journey. But in terms of you're talking about a little bit of where you are, and I'll let you talk about, you know, where you are in terms of your body image and, and trying to lose weight again and things like that. But why were you able to, do you feel like just because you're in a different part of the work now that it's making some of the things that you were able to do before lose weight, hold on to good body image, belief in yourself and things like that. Do you feel like that's different because you're in a different part of the work? Because you were able to hold on to that. You were able to to go through, you know, and get your second master's with a 4.0. Perfect. Completely. You know what I mean? So there's things that you have been able to accomplish personally and for yourself. And now it seems like it's a little more difficult. Is that because of the work you're doing now? And it's different from the work that you were doing before and it's affecting you more in those areas. I don't really know the answer to your question, but if I had to guess, I'm doing all of that, what you talked about, what I did before in a different segment of my life. And I've always had a hard time being better across the board. Mm -hmm. I can take pieces of my life and really work it to the point where I'm doing, you know, like I'm doing all the positive and feeling the whole of myself and doing well. I've always been like that because I often feel overwhelmed trying to do it across the board. Right. And I'm still trying to figure out how to do it across the board. Right. So I'm doing a lot of work. In one area of myself. Mm-hmm. And I just struggle maintaining it across the board in all areas of myself. And I think it has to do with what's happening outside of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like this trauma thing, you constantly fighting. I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but I know it's like this for me. Every second of my life, I'm fighting back those demons. Mm-hmm. Every second. Mm-hmm. The fact yeah. I don't like I don't even have like I used to have flashbacks about right. the things that happened to me. Right. Yeah, that doesn't me happen anymore. Right. I'm not there. I think about it sometimes right. in certain moments, but I'm not there. And I don't know. I feel like you're always trying to figure me out or figure it out. And sometimes I understand why you're doing that. And then other times when I'm not feeling it, it just feels disrespectful. Yeah. No, I'm sorry that you feel like that. But no, that's not really what it is. I'm asking the question so you can figure it out. I'm talking about the whole of our relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about you want it so badly for me. I hear it. I feel it. I sense it. That sometimes I feel like you step too close to the line. Mm-hmm. In actuality, you know, I ask questions sometimes for, you know, I ask a question that I don't know what the answer is or whatever, but it's a question for you to figure out. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's tough because it seems like you know, pushing and, and things like that. But you said something incredibly important. And I think this is this is one of the things that, that I think that for people and for us, looking at our parents as people is a very difficult situation, right? Because then seeing them as people, we actually have to come to grips with how that relates to how we identify as a person and how we've been built up or how we've been broken down. And I think that's something that's been really difficult for you in terms of your in terms of your father. You know what I mean? That aspect of it, of really seeing him for who he was. And I how- just need to correct you. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt. Okay. I never had a hard time seeing my father for who he was because mm-hmm. he was was so consistently cruel. Mm-hmm. The hard time I'm having is seeing who my mother is for real, real, because my mother is not cruel at all. Mm-hmm. So that work, I always thought the hardest work was going to be my dad. 
mm-hmm. because he's the one that really was the abusive person, mm-hmm. like the all around cross the board. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was I was going to have a hard time resolving all of that. Right. And the reality is it took a lot of time and work. It's not I'm actually starting all over again. Mm-hmm. Now with my mother. Mm-hmm. And that has been very difficult for mm-hmm. me. Okay. So I think that seeing your dad is not as difficult. Not in saying not as difficult, but you're like, okay, this is who he is. This is to it. And, you know, because I know there was a question about whether or not how he felt about you, how he talked about you and things like that. And I know that was really difficult. It was that never, was... there was never really a question about it. It was just learning to accept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I, mean, was, I was not really, I don't think he ever identified me really as his daughter. I think it was just a word he used. Mm-hmm. But I represented something else for him, mm-hmm. not his daughter, not mm-hmm. something to be loved and cherished. Right. Now, my sister, she may disagree with me about this, but he did attempt to love and cherish her mm-hmm. in a way that I never experienced. Right. She actually, for better or for worse, she actually got the experience of a father, mm-hmm. like doing father things, right. protection. Mm-hmm. He just didn't had no idea what he was doing, so he didn't do it well. And I'm sure her, she could speak for herself, I'm sure her experience wasn't that. Like right. That's not what it was for her. Mm-hmm. But as an outsider looking at it and thinking about my own experience, I was never the representation of a daughter for him. Mm-hmm. Ever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it is difficult. It is difficult as we think about family dynamics and thinking about our parents, you know, for the people and who they are and, and stuff like that. And it was something for me that I had to come to grips with, <laughs> you know, early on, just because of the fact that, you know, my parents ended up getting a divorce and, and things like that. I felt like I, I was forced to see them for who they were as people, you know, thankful, of course, that they raised me and things and try to take the best from them. But I definitely saw the other parts of that, you know, the fact that my mother came from trauma and my my dad did come from trauma and the effects that it was having. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I could see the effects on it and how it played out in their relationship and how it played out in my relationship yeah. with them, you know. But you've been listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith Maskell. And Roxanne Maskell. And um, we're going to pick this up and continue to talk about this next time. Thank you for listening to Living a Triggered Life podcast with Keith. And Roxanne, presented by The Triggered Project. To find out more information about The Triggered Project, go to www.triggered1.com. And remember, you're no longer surviving, you're thriving, and you learn that.